In a world where we're constantly told that men are from Mars and women are from Venus and never shall the two understand each other, I know there's another way. This is what happens when Venus and Mars unite. Tune in for conversations about masculine and feminine embodiment in ourselves and in the world around us, relationships, marriage, parenthood, love, purpose, dating, and everything in between. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Venus and Mars podcast. Today is a beautiful, special day as I have Hannah Rose here. And I, before I introduce her, I just want to say that the topic of this podcast is really about expression, body movement, sensuality, and finding that which is feminine and masculine in that movement for, for women, for men, figuring out the balance. And one thing I know for sure that every single woman desires at a deep, deep level is to move her body with sensuality and to be sexy and to have eyes look at her and see her in that. And that's been a big journey for me to come into my sensuality and to love that about myself. And one of the women that has inspired the hell out of me that has just I've seen her through the digital web, the, the digital spheres. We have mutual friends, so I kind of got in touch with her from afar. And we've been able to connect more deeply over the past week. And I'm just so excited to introduce this woman who, to me, screams self-love, sensuality, openness, wisdom, wisdom and sexiness in one beautiful package. And I'm so grateful that she's here with me to talk about body movement as that is so important in men and women being able to understand each other. So Hannah, thank you for being here. Wow. That was the most beautiful intro. I literally am like, feel like I'm going to cry. Like that was so nice. <laughs> thank you. Of course. We can I'm cry. I'm so honored to be here. Yes. So excited. Let's just dive right in, Hannah. I would love to hear kind of how you think about your sensuality journey through movement. What have you discovered over the past few years that has kind of brought you to the moment that you're in right now? Wow, that is quite the question to start with. I absolutely yes. love it. And I feel like we could literally have the whole podcast on that one question, <laughs> but I'll try to compact it a little bit. So um, just to give you like a slight background, I grew up in a very religious home, um, very Christian home, um, church every Sunday. Like I couldn't go to sleepovers on Saturday because I had to go to church. So that was a huge part of my life. And in that, I feel that my sensuality, sexuality, any of my sexual desires were looked at as shameful or, I mean, I, I felt that way towards them. I, I carried a lot of that shame. Um, I had to, you know, have like my mom had the sex talk with me and she was like, promise that you won't have sex till marriage. And I like, I had to like say that to her. And so that was just a really big um, challenge, I guess, for me growing up, but I didn't necessarily look at it that way, but I knew that there was something that I didn't like. I always was craving this freedom that I felt I didn't have based on the ways that I was raised. And I'm not saying that this was like good or bad. It's just, that's just how it was. So again, kind of without me really trying or without me really knowing that this is what I was seeking, I found my way into the strip club industry, um, kind of looking for just 
freedom in my, my financial means. Um, I actually started as a waitress. I just wanted a job. I was in college. I was like, I just want a job. I want to be able to pay for all my own stuff. And my dream job was actually to work at Starbucks, but (laughs) I had (laughs) gone to like multiple interviews at different locations and I wasn't getting hired. I knew that I was smart. I knew I was hardworking. I knew it was all these things. And yet I kept feeling so rejected by like the, the jobs that I was supposed to have, or, you know, the the normal way of doing it. So I was like, well, I'm just going to try something different. Um, and so I found this out on Craigslist, Hey, no experience required, like, you know, come in and interview. And I got the job as a waitress at this strip club. And before I knew it, I found myself in this whole new world of like, just all the stuff, all the strip club industry pretty much. So yep. I was very naive to it. All I knew about it was, I don't know, whatever I'd seen in movies or just media, what society has told us, right? My perspectives from being raised in religion. So I really had no idea like what I was walking into, but actually being in the environment, I started to speak to the women and realize like, wow, these are actual real human beings with emotions and lives and challenges and I started to just fall in love with the connections I was creating with Mm. with these women. And Mm. I think I like saw myself in them in some ways. And so um, I waitressed for a little bit. Then I became a dancer because, well, they made a lot more money. So I'm going to be in here anyway. I might as well do that. And yeah, that's kind of been where I've been at for the past like, seven and seven and a half, almost eight years. Um, and it's taken me on this journey that I never knew Mm. it would, um, Mm. what started as just, I just want freedom and I want money has become this whole awakening within myself of, wow, like I found this beautiful way of expressing, um, myself, my emotions, um, like, expressing just the the femininity of you know who I am um in a way that just a lot of people may look at as wrong or they may have this specific um way of looking at it that is kind of based on societal norms right when I found like such beauty in it that I just want to be able to inspire others with that and just let people know, you know, how it really is and that there is this other side of it that isn't really talked about because it's so taboo and it's, you know, we just don't like talk about that stuff in society. So it's been a very, um, a very beautiful journey, a very interesting one. Never thought I would be in this position, but (laughs) are and you know I I have truly truly stepped into the most confident I think I've ever been in my life Mm. and I can say that a huge piece of that has been from this experience and my Mm. journey within the club within dancing within all of that so beautiful thank you for sharing that what you said just made me think like every single thing is on a spectrum like food it can be really dark and it can be really beautiful. The strip club, it can be really dark. It can be really beautiful. The gym, (laughs) anything like you name it. And there are people that take it to a dark place. 
um, an obsessive place, a place that it's about using and abusing this mm-hmm. thing versus the beautiful place where it's about exchange and openness and expression and all of that. So I think that what you're getting at is this like really beautiful thing. And I'm curious, the men, the men that you got to meet and got to engage with, where do you think their mindsets are when they, when they show up there? What are they looking for? What are they thinking about? Mm, Yeah, such a great question. Like I said, when I first started waitressing at the club and I started talking to the girls, I realized these are human beings. It's just like with the men, like these are human beings. They're coming in here with very real emotions. And a lot of times they just want to come chill. They like it. It's like they're wind down for the night, you know, instead of just going to a sports bar or something like that, why not go somewhere with beautiful women that you can actually engage in conversations with? So sometimes that's just what it is. And sometimes they're legitimately like very lonely and they don't want to go home because they don't want to sit with themselves or maybe they're struggling in their marriage or they just had a baby and they're like freaking out and they don't know what to do. And they need to talk to somebody other than their wife because Mm. there's just too many challenges going on there, or they're just looking for that connection and they're not confident enough to find that in like quote unquote real life. And Mm. so this is helping them to get that connection with Mm. a beautiful woman that, you know, out and about in the real world, they'd be like, oh, I'd never get to talk to a beautiful woman like you. Mm. So I think that the the type of men, like I said, it really depends, but I've seen, you know, so many different types. And what you come to realize is that they are just human beings and they are just looking to be seen and be heard. And I think that's what we're all truly looking for at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. You know, I had a, a old mentor who used to say like, what's the most expensive drink at the strip club? And uh, he would say in Spanish, la copa dama, which means the woman's cup, the cup of acknowledgement. And so it's amazing what you're saying actually is, is what's happening at this locale, at this like cultural institution women want to be seen and men want to be like heard and acknowledged (laughs) is what it sounds to me like. And that's exactly what both sexes are going there to, to get because they're not getting that in their lives in their day-to-day lives. And so I guess it's really inspiring actually to try to figure out how people get this in their day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. Because one of my favorite things that you said um, last time we talked was you kind of said how, like you talked about pain and people's pain and how our bodies are, are like the first thing we think about, we think about pain. Can you talk about that? Like what people might be feeling and and the bodies? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think when it comes to feeling emotional pain, a lot of times people don't know how to handle it because physical pain, there's always some type of remedy, right? Like you can Mm -hmm. kind of done that. You can take pills, you can take, you know, like whatever it is, ice, um, whatever, right. Band-aids. There's, there's always these mechanisms for kind of healing a physical pain. Mm. Whereas emotional pain, I think it's something that is foreign to a lot of people. Mm. And it's like, it's, it's in your mind. So it's not necessarily tangible. And because of that, you're like, how do I 
heal this? How do I deal with this? Like, this isn't something physical. This is Mm. something like, like I can't even tangibly do anything with. Mm. So I think what people try to do is use physical means to try to heal the emotional pain. Mm. And it just doesn't work. You know, things Mm. like alcohol, drugs, sex, like whatever it is, something that's going to, yeah, food, food is is a huge one. You know, people Mm. just want to, they want to feel something physically Mm. because they feel so like emotionally, like they, they don't know that, that pain. It's Mm. like, what is this thing? Right. A lot of people say that they're numb, but I think what they really are is they're just trying not to actually accept the the pain that they're feeling because it's so foreign to them. A lot of people Mm. don't want to feel this pain. So they're like, Oh, Mm. I just want to, I want to make it go away. So let me put myself in to like physical pain by like overeating or let me just Mm. go and have sex with someone to like, feel something physically in my body Mm. or let me go like get drunk so that, you know, my mind isn't really um, in like a normal state. It's altered so that I feel different. Right. So they're trying to change like their physical state thinking that that will get rid of that emotional pain when we all know, like it's, it's still going to be there the next day. Right. And then well, the consequences of whatever you just did. So That, yeah. that makes me think, so I was just listening to the Huberman podcast on OCD disorder, and he talks about how, like, I guess the cause and effect is the cause of the obsession, like the thought, and then the effect is the compulsion that you do, that physical compulsion to try to get rid of the thought. But every time you do the physical thing, it gets stronger. So you just have to keep doing it. It doesn't cure it. It actually makes it worse. So it that sounds exactly like what you're talking about. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so curious. Okay. I want to shift gears a little bit because I love to kind of just start, you know, kind of at the surface and then we'll get a little deeper, but I want to move into like the fitness industry because it really, it's really fascinating to me, just the whole fitness industry and, and how things happen there. Because what it sounds to me, like there's a dark side and there's a light side, just like everything else. And it sounds to me like one of the physical ways that maybe people try to deal with their pain is by over obsessing with the fitness or the exercise. Is that mm-hmm. true? Have you noticed that? Cause you're a fitness coach as well. So I'd love to hear about that side of your life and then we can kind of mesh the two at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Love so it. I, <laughs> I agree. I think, yeah. And especially in fitness, like in the actual industry, once you're in it and you're like in the whole, you know, bodybuilding world, and it doesn't necessarily have to be competing. That was my personal background. So I've seen how it is to kind of get involved in that space. And you start to think that everyone in in that world, like everyone's like you, right. And so Mm. you start to get influenced by all these people that you think, this is how this is you're in like this, this bubble, right? You're in your own world of like, well, everyone is just working out like crazy. And like, basically, they just become obsessive with the way they look in the mirror and their macros and like all these things. Mm -hmm. And you're surrounded by that. And you're like, in that bubble, 
it becomes like, that's what you become, right? Because that's mm. what you're kind of from everyone else. And so mm. I think it can definitely become very toxic. And when anything is obsessed over, I think it can become very toxic. And I think a lot of people enter into their fitness journey with the wrong mindset. They're mm. entering with like a lot of women, especially become obsessive over the scale, right? That's another mm. form of being obsessive over something yeah. in their fitness journey. And it's like, yeah. they just look at the number on the scale and that dictates how they feel about themselves. Yeah. And I think a lot of women are entering into their fitness journey in trying to um, almost like change their body or make their body. Um, it's it's almost out of like a negative relationship with their body, right? They they enter into it with this negative relationship and they're hoping to create a positive, but you can't create from a negative relationship, right? Like you mm. because you're gonna to just think that way you're going to continue to oh scale is up like oh even more self-hate right or oh my gosh I missed my workout like oh my gosh I suck like even more self-hate and it's all coming from this like negativity instead of like praising your body for what it's doing for you like wow I just finished this workout and I feel so (laughs) strong and like this is so that like my body can do this and going to work out or going to eat healthy or making these certain decisions because I love my body Mm -hmm. and because I want to celebrate what it's doing for me now and what it will continue to do for me for the rest of my life instead of going into it like oh I need to work out because I need to lose weight and I hate the way I look so like I need to work out. And this is like a negative way of looking at it. And then when you don't get the results that you're looking for, you start to inflict even more self-hate and it's just this never ending cycle. And a lot of people think that, you know, people who are super fit don't also go through this, but they definitely do. Like I said, and even in the competitor space that I was in, it was very much there's so much body dysmorphia going on I remember specific photos that I I took of myself you know like two or three weeks after I had competed I was super lean I was probably like 10 percent body fat and I was like oh my gosh I look terrible like I just thought I looked so fat like not fat but you know I was just like oh my gosh like I just put on so much weight because it was like right after your show and I started eating normally again and I look at those photos now and I'm like, dude, I look so freaking good. Like, what was I even thinking? (laughs) When you get caught up in that, it's like, you're just so obsessive that like any sliver of fat, you're like, oh my gosh, like, or any change within your body, you're like, oh my God, like, like this is bad, right? You start to see it in this negative way and then you think you need to fix it. So let me go do all this cardio or let me like starve myself or it's all just this never ending cycle of trying to chase this, this like look, right. Instead of like, how do I actually feel right now? Like, do I feel okay? (laughs) Like totally. This is amazing. What you're saying is so spot on. It's so wise. Like I sometimes like, I love the gym, but like, I also have come to a place in my journey too. That's like the gym is a secondary thing to dance and movement. And it's like supportive and, and I see men in the gym and they're like, you can tell they're not comfortable in their bodies. 
So you can tell that they're actually lifting things, but they're not like in their body. It's like a very wounded experience. You're like looking at them and you're like, I don't see your confidence and your comfort and your mobility and your, you know, flexibility and all that, which in my mind, I'm like, am I crazy? Like who's crazy here? (laughs) Like, it sounds like that guy has no idea what his whole arm feels like, you know, he can't (laughs) even like touch his like back. Yeah. Right. Literally cannot even move. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's an interesting thing for me to talk to you about this because I'm I'm truly fascinated in like wounded versus healthy masculine and feminine dynamics. So I feel like maybe you can speak to this, like the fitness industry seems to be super masculine, results driven, the number on the scale, the width of your bicep, all, all of that. <laughs> and that's not very feminine, right? That's like a very masculine approach. And when it comes to setting goals and like trying to achieve something, running an Ironman or whatever it is that maybe there's like that it's there, like to compete in a bodybuilding competition, masculinity is required. But I feel like there, it's like, there's almost like a missing space for women. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That is literally just thing when you were talking about the competition and how it's like very results driven. Um, so the first bikini competition I ever did, cause it's funny that this whole journey is very disciplined and, and results and masculine, <laughs> da, 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 right. But then you have to get on stage and look all glamorous and it's like Ugh. sparkly bikini and heels <laughs> and things and makeup yeah. and hair. Right. And so it's yeah. like a all of a sudden it's this whole masculine journey. And now it's like, you need to be fully in like your feminine and be yeah. like a beauty pretty much. Yes. Although I did, like, I, I loved that discipline and that grit and everything, but mm-hmm. the funnest part about it was being on that stage, doing my posing routine, which you only get eight seconds, oh right? My all God. For like That's four amazing. months. Oh my Eight God. seconds of your time on stage, right? The spotlight on you, and you get to show off your your posing routine and yeah. and your hard work, right? And that was like the moment I was like in my element. Like I remember it clear as day. Like literally, just talking about it, I'm like envisioning myself on that stage and just like I was nervous as hell, but yeah. like. It was also so confident. And I was yeah. just like, this is, this is me. Like, this is it, yes. you know? And it's just like that, like walk and like being able to just like strut your stuff and have everyone looking at you and that, like that. literally judging you. Like, but I felt Ugh. so freaking yeah. good. I was just yeah. like, hell yeah, look at me. Like, I look pretty good. <laughs> Totally. So it's interesting that we're like talking about this concept because I never really thought of it in that sense of like this whole journey was very masculine until this mm. one moment I got to mm. really express this like feminine side. And that was like the moment for me. Like that was my mm. favorite part. And mm. I think like just going back to what we've previously spoken to, like there has to be, I don't like to say balance, but there has to be like both sides, right? For things to really 
work and just feel good. Like that's just how we're created as human beings. Right. We like stasis. We like everything to be kind of like, even. so if you're too much on one side, it's just not going to work. And I think for most of my time in the fitness industry, I was very much in that masculine side. Mm. I was bodybuilding in the gym Mm. and going hard and like very athletic, but always going hard. And I, I would kind of sprinkle in bits and pieces of yoga or dance, or, you know, I was still working at the club during all of this. So I kind of got the balance, but I didn't look at it like this is part of my fitness journey. It was work Mm. to me. But then I would sprinkle in and even thinking about it now, like I love doing workouts outdoors, like in nature with no structure. I want to go out there and go hiking and run and and start doing squats randomly and get down and do a couple pushups. Like, and that's the type of stuff I love. And that's always what Mm. I would be drawn to. But then I'd be pulled back like, oh wait, but I should, I should be doing it in this structured way. Cause that's right. what the fitness industry says. Totally. Right. But, but never feeling like I would go through phases where I'm like, okay, like, this is cool. I, I love the gym, but I need something else like with it. Like I can't just do the gym. Like I would go mm-hmm. through phases just not wanting anything to do with the gym, which I thought was so unlike me because I love movement. But what I've realized was that's, that's just it. Like I love movement and there's different forms of movement besides just the gym. Like it doesn't have Mm. to be just that. So Mm. I think like, like I said, I've kind of been tapping into these things throughout the years, but very recently, like within the past couple of months, I think I've just come to this place of, I don't really want to just be in the gym anymore. Like I kind of know how to do that and I know it works, but I'm ready to tap into like, what else can I get really good at? Like, I want to take more pole classes and like, I want to like get really, really good at yoga. I want to be like a freaking yoga. I want to do handstands, yeah. like I want to do, like roller skating, where I can just like dance to music and like yes. not have to count sets or reps or like you yes. know have it so structured. Yes. And what I recognize is that's what a lot of people, especially women, men too, but I think women that's why a lot of them feel so uncomfortable or resistant when it comes to the gym, because they don't necessarily want their movement to look that way. Maybe they're creating a different style of movement, but like, Oh, if you want to get fit, this is what you have to do. Like you got to go in the gym. Right. Yes. Yes. I love everything you're saying (laughs) because it's so true because that's what femininity is. It's actually creates something from nothing. Femininity is chaos, right? Masculinity is order. So it's like masculine mm-hmm. can't see new things. And that's why the feminine is such a compliment to the masculine. But then when the feminine creates something new, the masculine's like, cool, let's take this new stuff and put it in order. Cool. And that's how they function together. I love what you're saying. I feel like women all over the world would like love to be a part of like a whole new program that you create that is essentially like, mixing the like awesome discipline that the gym provides with that like feminine space and energy and time outside like I box which I love I love to box it's such a great thing for me it feels I feel like I'm Russian so like I feel like I'm like 
connecting with some like Russian, like Soviet thing for some reason. And I just, it feels good for me. And I like that it's not weights, but it's still a lot of great upper body and, and lower mm-hmm. body too. And I think maybe because I love dance, the footwork is fun. <laughs> so, but there was like a couple of weeks ago, I like, I just knew I couldn't do it for a week or something. And I had someone texted me that was like, Hey, where are you? Why aren't you at the gym? And I was like, Oh, I feel like I need to go on a lot of walks this week. And funny enough, my hormones settled, my body settled, and I felt so much leaner and sexier by not doing the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because wow. I listened I to my body. Yes, that is so important. And that's something that I've had to learn over the years too, is, is how to listen to your body. Mm. And a lot of people, and maybe this can transition to something, but I think a lot of people, women especially are very disconnected from their body. And so because of that, it's hard to like tune in to your body. And when you say, listen to your body, like, what, what do you mean? Like, what Mm. is that? But when you learn how to do that, like your body's always speaking to you like your body has a mind of its own right (laughs) like our body is here to guide us and give us these cues and a lot of times we just ignore them because we're like oh well this is what my program says I gotta follow this or again coming from maybe a negative like view of your body and being like well I need I need to go to the gym because I need to lose this weight because I don't like the way I look instead of totally does this feel good to me? Do I want to go to the gym? And mind you, there's a difference between, okay, yes, having discipline to do things maybe when you don't necessarily feel like it. Mm. But also on the other hand, like knowing when your body is screaming at you, like, no, this isn't yeah. what I want right now. Yeah. And being able to really separate those and know. And I think that's like, even that in itself is such a huge step like once you get to that place mm-hmm. you're like you can just feel like it, it's so beautiful to feel that and just like you were saying you know when when you listen to your body and you actually allow yourself to agree with it and do what what it wants and be in harmony with it you actually come out like a lot better you you do mm-hmm. reap the rewards, even though it might not seem like, oh, well, I took a week off from the gym. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. But it does because it that's does. what your body needed. And you've just yeah. been told, like, no, you need to push harder, harder, harder. Instead of like, no, like you can slow down mm. and rest. And a lot of times it's actually better. Wow. I love this, Hannah. This is so beautiful. I hope people, especially women listening and men too, like get the insight that like the gym is different for men and women. It just is. It, yeah. it just should be, I think. And I would love the fitness industry to just like grow a whole other like section of it where it's attuned and catered to feminine women. Yeah. Yeah. Like a section, like a studio <laughs> where they have poles and you can just go in there and dance. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine that? Because I think strip clubs are wonderful. And I, I usually try to take, I try, I know there's darkness and everything, but I try to take the positives of things as much as I can. And could you imagine a space 
where women are able to just like, that's why women take pole classes. That's why this is so popular. They want to express, they want to dance. And then a place where men feel comfortable enough to just like show up and, and say like, yeah, I'm here to like see women, to gaze at beautiful women and also to be acknowledged for myself. Yeah. And man, what if people owned that instead of trying to hide it? Yeah, so true. Uh, it's so crazy because after our conversation the other day, yeah, um, I had like a pretty chill night that night. And I don't usually watch like Netflix like that often because yeah. when I do, I will like binge <laughs> like totally. a whole something, right? So I was looking for something to watch and I was like, I want to watch something like educational. Like I'm, I feel like I want to learn something. So scrolling through the documentaries and what do you know? I found this one. You have to watch it. And I feel like I already know what you're going to say, which is really why we're connected. Say it, say it. (laughs) It's called strip down, rise up. Done. Watched it. Watched it. Loved it. (laughs) Oh my God. Of course you did. Let's talk about this. Isn't it crazy that I literally found this after we had talked earlier that day? It was just so straight. I was like, okay, like this. Okay. So for anyone listening, it's this Netflix documentary called strip down, rise up. And it's this woman in, L- I think she's in LA. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Also who- required watching for all men and women. I believe. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it blow your fucking mind. Um, yeah. So she owns this pole studio in LA and basically she takes women through a six month program slash journey of not just like teaching them pole, but like, it's this whole journey of these women coming back to themselves, like Mm. reconnecting their body. Dude, I was literally in tears, Mm. like watching. Same, same. It was just so beautiful. And it just shows like, all these women, it's like they've created this sisterhood along this journey because throughout this journey of exploring this like sensual movement, they found that they've like lost themselves along the way. Right. And now they're they're refinding themselves and they're opening this whole new part of themselves that they like never knew existed. And they're like, Oh my gosh. Like, and, and, (laughs) It just it it really opens the door for like new energy and it opens the mm. door to express certain emotions that sometimes we may not feel safe to express mm. in words or we you know we don't want to like look weak by crying or you know whatever asking for mm. help so we express these emotions through movement and that's a way to really just like move the emotions through your body. And a lot of times you don't know how you're feeling until you start moving your body. And then all of a sudden, like things will come up out of nowhere and you're like, whoa, like, what is that? You know? And that's the power of movement. You know, it's like our bodies, like house, all of these emotions and all of these experiences and traumas and all these things that we've ever been through. And if we don't allow them to move, then they're just going to get stuck. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people. And with the women in this documentary, you know, a lot of them came from backgrounds of 
being sexually abused or raped or um, maybe they grew up in like a very strict religious household. And so they told like, oh no, like basically your sexual desires are not a thing. Like we're just like not even you talk about them at all like they don't exist and so mm. there's this whole themselves that they've never tapped into mm. and it feels uncomfortable and so through this mm. journey they've learned how to take their power back and it's not like oh like now I get to like be this sexual like object it's like no now I have this power over my sexuality that nobody can take this from me again because this is mine Mm. and I think that's like the most powerful part of it and that's why like it spoke to my soul so much because that's what I've found along my journey is you know like I mentioned earlier growing up it was like don't have sex. Like basically sex is bad. And like all these things, like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't wear this. It was so many like, no, 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 no. And now it's like, oh my gosh, wait, this is actually a beautiful thing. If you do it in like the, I hate to say right way, but you know what I'm saying? Like with, with integrity for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So beautiful, Hannah. I literally, I cried my eyes out after watching yeah. that, specifically the part at the end where the men show up. Oh um, my God. That was in- yes. And these were men that have accessed their, their own feminine energy, which makes them so much stronger as men and more masculine. And so they felt safe for all of these women who have prior to that never been around safe masculine energy. So they were afraid of it. So they were afraid of their own sexuality and everything that you're speaking to is like two things have kind of come up in my mind is one is sex and sex sensuality are two very different things. And men that are not in touch with what femininity looks like, right? Which femininity is this like beautiful expression that isn't results-based and like you can't quantify through a scale and you can't like measure, which is what masculine men are used to doing. When they're, when they're not in touch with the beauty of that, they can't even appreciate a woman's sensuality. So they default to objectification. Nice. And that is what I've experienced like out in the world. And so there's this myth that like men care about sex more than women or they want more sex than women, but it's the biggest myth ever. I think the exact opposite is true. I just think (laughs) men, I just think men aren't in touch enough with the true desires of a woman or how to even make those happen. So they're just like, well, fuck it. I'm out. I can't. (laughs) And then the women shut down and then the women shut down. And then we have all of this like shame around sex. Right. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Wild. But no, watching these women cry into the arms of these men just blew my mind. Just for men to understand that, Mm -hmm. like for everyone to understand, I don't know if you felt this before, but when I'm sensually like free and open or honestly, I'm just going to go there when I've like had a sensual experience with myself, even doesn't have to be someone else. I am so creative. Yes. Yes. Do you feel this? Yeah, no, sexual energy is it's life force. Like it is. It's like think about how like literally God created sex to create life. Like how (laughs) dope is that? Like 
like people just don't think about it and it's like I don't feel that it's talked about enough like in religion or in the church and it's like this is something that a lot of people feel uncomfortable talking about but like why like God created it to be that way like that's how we create life and that is freaking amazing like yeah it could any other way but he created it in that specific way for a reason Mm -hmm. and I think like there's so much beauty from like the union of the masculine and the feminine Mm. like like a yin and yang like we just like he created the man and the woman to just like go together and flow together Mm. and like each one brings that piece to the table. Mm. And so it's like, we need that within ourselves. We need each of those pieces, but then we also need each of those pieces in the person that we're going to be with too. Wow. So I think that's like so important to find. And just like yeah. you were saying, going off of the whole, like, you know, when, when you are in that um, like greatest expression of your sexuality, yeah. Yeah, the man is in his greatest expression yes. of like the masculine. Like that's when it works because that's yes. how it's supposed to work, and it just feels easy and it feels flowy, and it's like that's when it's mm. beautiful instead of it being this like objectifying like mm. thing that society has made mm. it and like porn has made it, and and it's like that's that's just I feel is sex is the most beautiful thing that God has created for us. And I feel that evil has kind of misconstrued it into this like thing that isn't beautiful anymore. It's like, you know, it's more like aggressive and like, just it's disgusting and that's not how God created it at all. But yet that's kind of society has made it to be. And it's like this thing that's like, Oh, it's just sex. And, whatever you know but it's like no this is like an amazing thing this freaking creates life and whether it's an actual life or just like life force it creates life and it it is like you said it creates like that's that's what it does absolutely spectacular the way that you just said all of that Hannah I think is so so beautiful you're so right because you know what when something is suppressed in the light it has to come out somewhere and that's where it's come out in the dark the dark places so we have to just take our hands off the beautiful bright light that it is and let that shine because it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful and you know I I coach men I have a couple of clients right now and across the board like what they when we talk about their results and their goals and what they're looking to strive for across the board like career is good finances are good like community service, all this stuff. But what is always the missing link is that comfort in their skin and sensuality. What does it mean for a man to even say like, yeah, I feel sensual right now. <laughs> so rare. Like I've ever heard that from a man. <laughs> <laughs> but when we watch things like this is, I'm totally bringing this up because I freaking love the whole like magic mic world. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Um, Specifically the live show that I got to watch in London a couple months ago. There's one in Las Vegas 
<laughs> oh my God. There's one in Vegas for all the Americans. So go yes. for it. But more so than just these attractive men on stage, like that's not really what it is. It's mostly that they are in their sensual energy and they are sharing that with us. It is them tapped into their sensual energy that makes them more masculine, that makes them safe. It's really mm -hmm. cool. How do you feel that like men would, you know, shift and change and become more full and uh, I guess well-rounded if they thought about this, specifically the men in the fitness space? Yeah. Like as far as like, like different movements and yeah. more in their feminine sensualness. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that, I think that they would definitely be a lot more confident because I think a lot of the confidence that it seems that they have is actually not, it's, it's like not real. Mm. Um, I think they, a lot of men, this is a whole, this, this isn't every bodybuilder. Okay. Like this is obviously like a general, um, kind of stereotype, I guess, totally. but people think of bodybuilders. It's like all the guys that are posting all their shirtless selfies, right? In the <laughs> yes. or whatever. And that's like all that they post about is like these shirtless selfies showing off their body, showing off their abs. And I think it's almost like a cry for like validation, um, and I'm not to say like, you can't show off your body. Like if you look great, please do. Like yeah. I do, you know I, mean? yes. I do because, like, I, like, it feels good. Like it's fun. Like yeah. you spoke to earlier, you know, like yeah. you want to be seen, yeah. um, especially when you know, you work hard for your yeah. body, like you want it to be appreciated. Of but I think a lot of these like bodybuilder men, you know, they're so mm. big and they look so tough and intimidating, but they're honestly like, most of them are really like soft, like they're very like, and they're not all insecure, but they definitely have insecurities around mm. just like who they are as a person. Because I mm. think a lot of times they don't really know who they are. All they know mm. is like, themselves in the gym. And that's mm. kind of the only side that they know of themselves. Like it's mm. kind of, yeah, it's become an obsession. So it's kind of like the only like identity that they know. So anything outside of that identity, it's like foreign. And it's like, wait, who am I if I'm not this bodybuilder, if I'm not this like gym addict? And so I think to be able to explore that, like, I feel like they would, one, obviously be a lot more happier and two, be able to just really tap into so many more of their like emotions and be able to mm. open open up more to yes. provide space for yeah. women, right? Because yeah. a lot of times these men, they might look really good, but they're not super confident when it comes to dating or when it comes to, you know, like actually being in relationships, like they don't know how to be in a relationship because they don't know how to actually like be with the, the feminine. They're like, what is this? Like, I've never experienced this. Right. Mm. Especially a woman who's very much in her, in her feminine and in that sensuality. Yeah. It's like, they're like, well, how do I even deal with this thing? Totally. So <laughs> if they allow themselves to tap into that more, maybe by doing more yoga and like just different types of movements, getting outside and just slowing down, not being so, so structured all the time. Right. I think it, it would allow them to be more open and more able to 
connect with the feminine, not only yes. in themselves, but like in other women as well. Wow, that's beautifully said. I'm amazed at that because also it's like, even before we got on this call, I had this idea that like, you know, why do women like guys that work out? I mean, it's pretty simple. It's it's really has nothing to do with what they look like. It's really because people that work out are more likely to be strong. People that are strong are more likely to be able to protect you from danger. It's like a true baseline hunter gather instinct moment. And so when you're talking about the, specifically the guys that are so focused on the the number and the scale and the the way they look, it's like, could that guy actually like kill somebody? Could he actually like go, you know, handle some shit if things go down? And the answer is probably no. It's it's the guy that's more mobile, more agile, more flexible, that trains with discipline, but isn't like obsessed with the number on the scale that like gets outside, that does all this other stuff is actually the guy that women want to be with because he represents like the, the best hunter. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think in that too, just going back to the whole listening to your body thing, I think when you explore different types of movement and you're focused more on like the, the actual movement mm. and tuning into your body, you yeah. can emotion better. You can understand emotion better. It helps you with communication mm. and like it helps you really be more intuitive with your body and in tune with your body. And so those guys are the ones that, you know, are going to be a better partner or just, I think just better in the world in general yeah. because of the fact that they're more tuned in to themselves yeah. through the different styles of movement instead of just focused on what they look like and the results. Oh, this is amazing. You know, speaking of something we just talked about before, my cousin and her husband, they're documentary filmmakers, and they actually made a film in Israel that won all these awards, even in the States, called Shredded. And it follows the internal emotional struggle of a bodybuilder. Wow. It's a great oh. film. I'll make that available down below in the podcast for everybody, but you would love it, Hannah. I think you would be like, wow. Yeah. I've seen that firsthand. Oh, absolutely. I cannot wait to watch it. That sounds so <laughs> really beautiful film. He took, they took so long on it, but yeah, you know, I think all in all, like everything that you're saying kind of boils down to this, like very clear understanding that I have around validation being the unhealthy feminine that exists at strip clubs, the need for validation, right? And when someone objectifies you, you the, the anger that comes out of it because you're not confident in your own shine and your own body. Whereas mm -hmm. women that are like, I'm, I'm feeling great. I love when people look at me. I love my body. Ob objectification and those comments, they kind of roll right off. They don't even come in. Yeah, I feel like you've yeah. had that experience and the difference between the healthy and unhealthy feminine there at the club. And um, same thing at the gym, the masculine, the guys that aren't in it for validation, they're just like showing up to the gym disciplined as hell because they want to achieve their goals. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like that was something I struggled with a lot when I first started dancing mm. was uh, like if guys would reject me or turn me mm. down or they didn't like me, I would literally go in the back and cry. Like I didn't know how to mm. handle it because yeah. I 
I wasn't confident in myself at the time. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard. rejection is hard and I'm not going to say like, Oh, it never <laughs> bothers me now because we're all affected by we're all it. Human. Right? Yes. We're all human. Yeah. No one wants to feel like the pain of rejection, but when you have this wholeness in yourself and this confidence in yourself and you validate yourself and you don't need that from anyone else when you get that validation it just feels extra good and then when you don't get that validation it might bother you for like a second but then you just move and you don't even give it the time of day because you know you already know that you have that within yourself Mm, that's what the attraction is and that's what understanding like masculine and feminine dynamics for women and for men really do for people. I think it's so beautiful. I had a friend that used to say things like, yeah, you might be upset about something like that, but you know, you'll be okay. You know, you're going to be okay. And I love that simple. He said it. And I was just like, yeah, some like, even now I use that. Like when something I get, I I get rejected or something happens or something doesn't follow through. I'm just like, am I going to be okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be all right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. So I think I'll ask you one last question as we wrap this up. Like, what is your twofold? Okay, macro, micro. Okay. So number one, you can answer however you'd like. I'd love for to people to hear your lovely vision and um, the beauty that you have and, and just the passion with this whole space and the movement. What would be your vision for like, I don't know, we'll take the United States, I guess, but just like the vision for how you're able to help women in their fitness journeys or your, your vision of what fitness and movement could actually look like. How do you see it? And then the second is on the personal level, just like, what are you kind of stepping into for yourself and your own body? And what do you want to feel over the next couple months? I love that question. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the the vision one is interesting because I feel as though recently um, God is really calling me into a new chapter Mm -hmm. and I've kind of like, I I think I mentioned this to you on our last call, but I've kind of been in this like almost like intermission between like Hannah 1.0 and Hannah 2.0. And so I've been like kind of stepping into 2.0, but not fully there yet. And I think I'm finally turning that page. So I know that there's big things coming, but legit, mm-hmm. I have no clue like what they are. But that's, I mean, that's that's the power of God. And that's why like, I'm just so glad that I don't have to do it alone. And I know that yeah. he's going to work through me and in the best way that he he can and that he knows that I can. But I do see it going along the lines of kind of like how that documentary went with, I just really want to help women. And I, like I said, don't know how, don't know like yeah. the way that the, it's going to go, but the the ultimate principle of it is I want to help women to just feel comfortable in their sensuality and know that it is safe to explore that part of themselves Mm. uh, know that they do have power over that part of themselves and to be like a sexy woman doesn't mean that you know you're doing it 
for anyone else. Like yes, you can be that. And that's a part of you and it's safe to be that. And it's, it's a good thing to be that. And I think just changing the narrative around like strip clubs and, you know, just like women, like being sensual and that type of thing, I think in society. And I think we're, we're getting to that place. Yeah. I think society is becoming more accepting of it. Thanks to like he, you know, used to be a stripper and now she's like, you know, someone like all these girls look up to, but just hustlers like that. JLo, JLo's whole journey. Yes. So fun. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to see like these, these women coming out and, and being these role models. And yeah. so I yeah. think we're getting there. That's, you know, the ultimate vision I think is to have women like take their power back. And something mm-hmm. I remember from that documentary that like was so profound to me was that um she said we're so used to seeing ourselves and seeing the world through a masculine perspective and a masculine eye where there has to be like this specific like way or this like judgment or this mm. like result. and so we look at ourselves that way and we look at our bodies mm. and we look immediately for what needs to change mm. or what or you know mm. and ourselves. but that's because of the world like has taught us to look at everything within this this masculine eye instead yeah. of just being and just yeah. being in our beauty and knowing that we are beautiful and our bodies are beautiful and everything <sighs> about us is just beautiful and just working with it instead of against it and trying to mm. change it shift it to be something that it's not. So, wow. Um, yeah, that was kind of all over the place. Um, <laughs> Loved also, it. Yeah, I just, I just have such a, such a, a heart and such like a passion for women that don't feel safe or don't feel comfortable to access that part, part of themselves mm. that is so powerful because I was that that woman. Yeah, like, I'm literally getting emotional. Yeah, like, me too. It's, it's like changed my life. You know, it's it was something that like I've held so much shame around like my entire life, and it's it can be so beautiful if you know how to access it in like a powerful and beautiful way. And that's just what I want to help women realize. Thank you for sharing. It's such a beautiful vision. And I mean, you're already doing it from one woman to, you know, to you, you've done that for me, not even knowing you did that for me, just through your expression. And so I thank you for that. And in partnership with you, uplifting everything you just said, it's like that gets to happen. And on my end, like I I love to work with men because I, I know what masculine wounds feel like. I know what abuse from the masculine feels like. And so it's my mission in life to help heal the masculine so they can be in partnership with the feminine. So in that, it's my vision for women to be able to see the masculine and say, oh, they just, they're really good at results. And they just, they, they know how to move things forward and, and take that positive viewpoint of like, instead of picking everything apart, like criticisms, which is wounded masculine, it's more like, mm-hmm. here's all the awesome stuff that you have. Let me help you make it even better. That's what masculinity really does. That's what 
that it's magic when women see it that way. And women can't see it that way if men don't see femininity as magic in what it is. And so that's like, I'm going to get emotional because that's like my whole mission in life is for people to be able to come together that way, Um, sexually, sensually, intellectually, in every single way. So this has just been like a super beautiful, I don't know, just a super beautiful time with you. And uh, okay, so I would love everyone. I'm just overwhelmed by Hannah and her her loveliness. But tell the people where they can find you, where they can connect with you. I'm sure women listening to this and men are going to be like, let me go see what she's all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um mostly active on Instagram. I haven't been active the past few days. I'm doing a little cleanse for the week. It feels really amazing. Highly recommend taking cleanses <laughs> yes. for sure definitely necessary but I'm really excited because like I said I've kind of been in this transition so I was doing fitness coaching um recently decided that that wasn't for me at least in the way that I was doing it because it was very much in that masculine way and I recognize mm-hmm. this is not connecting with me anymore so I'm going to be coming back with some new content and this is kind of inspiring that new content. So I'm really excited. So you can go follow me on there. It's um, Hannah Rose underscore fit might be changing that too. Cause you know, <laughs> we'll see. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I'm mostly active. I also have TikTok, um, Hannah Rose fit and then uh, Facebook, Hannah Rose, but Instagram Yay. is yeah. follow her on Instagram. She will inspire you just as she inspires me when I get on the socials. So again, thank you so much for your time. And this has been a beautiful, beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. It was, it was so beautiful. I, I loved every part of it. Thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, until next time, this is the Venus and Mars podcast. Mm-hmm.